Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 10. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. It's an interesting verse in Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 37 which tells us, I will make you pass under the rod. I have it for you on the screen. I will make you pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. Now, that's not a rod of judgment. That's a rod of entrance into the kingdom God is talking about. And that means before Israel enters the kingdom, the great shepherd, Jesus Christ is going to stop every sheep and check every sheep and make sure there's no scratches and no hurts and no injuries. You see how much God cares and loves his own? And that's why we were talking about, oh, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Yes, he loves us. Oh, how much he loves us. For God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, are you listening? Christ died for us. How he loves us. Oh, how much he loves us. I don't think you know how much he loves you. Because we sometimes equate man's love with God's love. It cannot be compared. God loves you so much more. God loves you more than you love yourself. And I know you think that's hard. Because I know you love you. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. But God loves you that much more. And it matters not what you think about God. Whether you love God or not does not matter. Whether you hate God or not does not matter. Whether you believe in God or not does not matter. God loves you yet still. Even if you hate him, he loves you. If you don't believe in him, he loves you. Because we serve a God of love. Can somebody clap your hands and say amen? He loves you. So verse 6 tells us, now I want you to look at verse 6. Verse 6 tells us, Jesus used this story as an illustration. Some of your Bible says a figure of speech or word picture. So we have a sheepfold. Here's a cast of characters. We have a sheepfold. We have sheep. We have a shepherd, a doorkeeper, a door, and a stranger. Did you notice Jesus doesn't specifically call himself the shepherd, although implied? So what is the meaning? Obviously, if it says here in verse 6 that Jesus uses as an illustration, then what does each of these represent? What is the meaning? What do they represent? Well, some people say, listen, that the sheepfold represents the church. And the only problem with that is that if the sheepfold is the church, then the shepherd is leading the sheep out of the church. That doesn't make sense. And the thief and the robber are stealing sheep out of the church. Some say the sheepfold represent heaven. The only problem is thieves and robbers and nobody else can climb into heaven. Say amen if you knew that. Okay. There's only one way to get into heaven. 
Amen. It is by Jesus, but also before that, you got to die. Amen. If you don't die, you can't get into heaven. Y'all need coffee? Okay, you got to die to get into heaven. Or you got to, and, and then you got to come through Jesus in order to get into heaven. Listen, I don't think the sheepfold represents heaven or the church. So what does it represent, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. The sheepfold, listen, represents Israel. You're taking notes, write that down. The sheepfold represents Israel. The sheep in our text are the Jews. Now, I know automatically you're thinking, well, what about me? Where am I? Well, you're in verse 16. You're the other sheep. Don't worry, I got you. Okay, you're in verse 16. But in our text, Israel is a sheep fold and the Jews are the sheep. The door, listen, you're taking notes, write it down. The door represents the Messiah's authority by fulfilling the messianic prophecies. Jesus fulfilled every messianic prophecy. Do you know that there were over 300 prophecies in the Bible that was spoken about Jesus a thousand years before he was even born, that he came and fulfilled every one of them to the T? Somebody once said it like this. I know I'm going to mess this up, but I'm going to give it a try. Somebody once said it like this. Jesus fulfilling 300 prophecies to the T would be like covering the state of Texas like one inch thick with, with, with quarters or 50 cent pieces or something, covering the whole state and taking one coin and putting a red X on it and place it somewhere in the state of Texas. And then somebody actually walking up and the first coin they pick up, that's the coin that they pick up, that red X coin, that, that, that exact coin. That would be the probability of Jesus fulfilling 300 prophecies to the T of written about him before he was ever born. So Jesus fulfilled all of the prophecies spoken about him before he was ever born. He was the virgin born of a son of God. Isaiah 7.14 tells us that. Here's just a few. He was born in Bethlehem, Micah chapter 5. He was the prophet of Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15. Isaiah 53 tells us he was the crucified. He was crucified with sinners. He was declared to be the son of God by his words and his works. Listen, Jesus fulfilled every messianic prophecy. Therefore, he comes through the door the right way. Not only does he come through the door the right way because he fulfilled every messianic prophecy. Y'all follow me? Because he fulfilled every messianic prophecy, but he is the door according to the Bible. Now, the thieves and the robbers, well, they represent the self-appointed, self-glorified Pharisees who were false shepherds sneaking in over the walls to try to fleece and slaughter the flock. They're fleecing and slaughtering the sheep with false doctrine. Are you listening? The false doctrine of health, wealth, and prosperity, that God wants you to be rich. And if you're not rich, then you must be in sin because God wants everybody to be rich. That's false doctrine. Somebody say a better amen than that. 
That's false doctrine. The false doctrine, they're fakes. They're leaders claiming to be from God, claiming to be true shepherds. Jesus is the shepherd Messiah, the only rightful shepherd who has the messianic authority to come in the door and leads his elect out. He's leading them out of Judaism and leading them out of religiosity and leading them out of false doctrine into a new relationship with God through him. When he laid down his life for us, when Jesus died and laid down his life for us, that gave us the ability to enter into a new relationship with God. Now, Israel has always had false, false shepherds. You know that. False shepherds who fleece the flock and feed on the flock. False leaders who try and climb the wall to impose their false messiahship on the sheep. And anybody who's trying to come in from an, another angle is a thief and a robber. And it's interesting because Jesus makes a powerful, powerful statement, and perhaps you missed it in Matthew, regarding them. It's in Matthew chapter 23, verse 15. Jesus said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you compass sea and land to make one proselyte and one convert to your false flock. And when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourself. Jesus is saying, you are false shepherds stealing the sheep of Israel and turning them into the children of hell that you are. This week I'm reading in my devotion time, and, and I, I honestly, this is a long passage, but I have to read it to you, talking about what God thinks about false shepherds. You want to know what God thinks about false shepherds? Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 1 through 10, listen. I have it for you on the screen again. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with wool. You slaughter the fatling, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. And so they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered throughout all the mountains, and on every high hill, yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searching for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became food for every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherd search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds and I will require my flock at their hands. And I will cause them to cease feeding and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouths that they may no longer be food for them. Isn't that gripping? That's powerful. This is what God thinks about false teachers and false shepherds who don't care about his people. 
That is why when, if you want to go in the ministry and you want to stand in the pulpit week after week and you want to pastor a church and you want to be a shepherd, this is a calling that, that, that is a responsible calling that, that, that you have to, I'm waiting till somebody clap your hands and say amen. This is not a joke. I don't know why. I don't know why anybody wants to go into ministry, actually. People come to me all the time and say, Pastor Rodney, I feel God's called me to the pastor. And I'm like, are you sure? Why? Do you understand what gravity and what weight comes along with standing here as a shepherd? That's why the shepherds need to feed God's people a daily healthy diet of the word of God. And what? And, and, and I don't know what pastors are preaching if they're not preaching this book. If they're not teaching people from this word, what are you saying? You're probably teaching people something that you think or your opinion or your ideas or, or something that you, you want to talk about for your own gain. But when you teach people the word of God, you are feeding them a healthy diet. This is what God requires from his shepherds, those who have a heart after God. And there's a lot of shepherds that don't have a heart after God. And there's a lot of people that are in the pulpits of America that, that, that should not be. And somebody once said, my mother, Gertrude is her name. She says, she used to tell me all the time, Rodney, everything that glitters ain't gold. Somebody say a better amen than that. Everything that glitters ain't gold. So in other words, just because I'm standing in the pulpit doesn't mean I represent God. Just because you got Calvary Chapel on the, on the front of your church does not mean that you are a church that is truly honoring God. You know, you can tell, listen to me, I've always told you guys here at Calvary Chapel, you ought to listen. You can always tell a church that honors God, that loves, that loves the Lord. You can tell before you even walk in the door. Don't even walk in the door. Just sit in the parking lot and just watch the people go in. And if you see Bibles in the hands of people walking in, that's probably a good church for you. You might want to go ahead and go in. If people ain't carrying a Bible, start your car and run real Robinson, run. <laughs> Get up out of there. Did you hear me? I'm not kidding. Because what are you telling me? What are you going to tell me? If you're not feeding people the word of God, that's why here at Calvary Chapel, we, for those of you that is your first time here, we teach verse by verse here. That's why I said when you come back, I'll wait while you clap your hands. When you come back, we're going to end on verse 18 today. When you come back next Sunday, the sermon title will be the Good Shepherd part what? Uh-huh. Some of y'all are listening. And, 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 and we'll be picking up in verse 19. And we're going verse by verse because it's the only way to keep people in the word of God, keep your face in the book and feed people a healthy diet because I don't want to be one of these shepherds that God is talking about. Some of this stuff that you guys are seeing, listen to me close. Were you here last Sunday? Last Sunday, just raise your hand. Were you here? Okay, then I was talking about that show, Preachers of Los Angeles. Y'all pray for me. You know, my mother used to say, if you ain't going to say something good, don't say nothing at all. All right? It's not good. 
it's not good. Don't get me wrong. I don't think the preacher needs to be begging and can't feed his family. His wife ought to be able to go to the mall and buy something just like y'all go to the mall and buy something. Amen. Uh, you know, some people think the preacher ought to be poor. Well, I don't agree with that either. I say amen for myself right there. <laughs> amen to me. Although it's not necessary. This preachers of Los Angeles and these guys and these $10 million homes and, 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 and they're driving Maybachs and they're driving uh, 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 these expensive two, three, four hundred thousand dollar cars and they got tennis courts and pools and, and, and all of this kind of stuff. And then you got the one preacher. And those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, there's a show on TV on Oxygen called Preachers of Los Angeles and it is a disgrace and it does not represent most preachers in the kingdom of God. It does not. It does not. Although it does represent a lot of them. And because that show has brought so much negativity and light on the church, now I just recently got a link from uh, uh, from a local newspaper in Charlotte of a church. I will not mention their name out of respect, but, but talking about the pastor and his $7 million uh, 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 home. And expensive cars right here in Charlotte. Don't say the name. <laughs> Did you hear me? I just said I'm not going to say the name because out of respect. See me after service. <laughs> I'll straighten you out. Right here in Charlotte. And then, you know, and then, and then, this, and then in the article talks about that they, they, they said that uh, the, the church members all were made or told to sign a waiver that they would not discuss the finances of the church and, and what the pastor makes and where the pastor lives and so on and so forth. And if they did, that they were uh, under the threat of a lawsuit and people in the church signed this document. But I'm saying because of that show is bringing all this negative light on now all the churches when all the preachers are not like that. God will hold you accountable if you stand in this position and you speak for him. You need to speak what he says and do not speak what he does not say. <laughs> false teachers and false shepherds, they don't care about the flock. We just read it. And when there's no shepherd, the sheep will scatter. And when the sheep scatter, they become food for the beast of the field. And God says to these false shepherds, you will pay for what you have done. False shepherds were in Israel and false shepherds are among us today. We got a world full of deceivers, don't we? We got a world full of frauds, don't we? We got a world full of fakes, don't we? A church full of preachers who stand in their denominational churches and even some non-denominational churches and spew out devil doctrine. And it is sad because Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, he said, many will, are you listening? He said, many will follow their pernicious ways. I am amazed at how many people think that this is okay. It's okay for the pastor to live in a $7 million home while this sister is giving the best that she can from her social security check. Or people are told that they should tithe and not pay their electric bill because God will provide for you if you, if you tithe, God will provide for your electric bill. No, I say pay your electric bill. 
be a good example. Okay, what you want me to be a bad example as a Christian, not pay, but trusting God. I'm coming. <laughs> trusting God. But you want to be a bad example. It doesn't make sense. And, and meanwhile, these people live and they take advantage of the poor. I think it's a shame. I think it's a sin. I think it's a crime. Honestly, you guys know, my wife and I, my children, we came here. We had nothing. We came here because God told us to come here. The first 25, we put it in the church. We put it, put, open up the bank account with $25. 25, nobody supported us when we came here. We came here because God, we felt that God showed us that we ought to come here and start a church. I went to the bank and I had $25. I opened up the Calvary Chapel. The account we have now was opened by me with $25. I will never forget. I walk in the bank. I said to the bank, uh, can I help you? Yes, sir. I'd like to deposit $25. And he was like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Come on in. Come on in. Sit down. uh, $25,000? I said, no, $25. (laughs) I said, what, $25,000? Man, what you talking about? Foxes have holes, birds, and the son of man has no place to lay his head. Me either. <laughs> and even today, I mean, even today, you guys know, we, uh, staff of the church here, we don't, none of us make exorbitant salaries. I don't want money. You know, honestly, this church couldn't afford me. If, if it was about money, this church could afford me. Yeah, I said it. That's right. Y'all can't afford me. No, you cannot. Nope, you can't afford me. You know why? Because you can't pay me for my prayer. You can't pay me for how I carry you on my heart. You can't pay me for how I weep for people. You can't pay me for how I spend hours upon hours upon hours in the presence of God. I'm not trying to boast or brag. I'm just trying to help you understand something. You cannot pay me. Where does the dollar amount stop? I'm happy. God, provide my needs. I'm happy. I live in a 2,100-square-foot home right across the street. I live in a really small house that's pretty small, the medium neighborhood. I got my cars are old. They're new to me, but they're old. And, and amen. And, and we're happy to love God and to love his people. And that, to me... I'm blessed. I am blessed. I have everything I need. I do not need a $7 million home. Now, I didn't say I didn't need $7 million. I said I don't need a $7 million home. (laughs) Because I know I'm trying to build a church. Y'all know what I'm trying to do. Paul said, uh, Paul said in 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen, there are these false prophets, these deceitful workers transform themselves into the apostles of Christ. They're not. They try to be, but they're not. They are thieves and robbers climbing over, stealing and slaughtering God's sheep. Jude 12. God has a lot to say about false teachers. I'm just giving you a thumbnail sketch. Jude 12, 13. These are spots in, the, in your love feast. Without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds without water. You know how clouds are without water. It's like big, 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 and nothing. These false teachers are big, 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 and no substance. Form over substance. 
Clouds without water, carried about by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their shame. Look at verse 3. We got to move forward. They have always been false shepherds, but to the shepherds, the true shepherd, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. The sheep hear his voice. They know his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and then leads them out. Keep the context of Judaism. Two green pastures of the new covenant. Look at the end of verse 3. He leads them out. Notice it doesn't say he drives them out or he herds them out or he pushes them out. He leads them out. The good shepherd will lead. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.